look, I look at it this way. If you're there for me, I fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like you're just doing your job. And it's like I can choose to do two things. I can be a little fucking bitch about the whole situation. Or I can just be like, my bad, dude. And, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm going to have a good conversation, even though I'm going to be sitting in a cell waiting for my mom to fucking bail me out. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Tyler here from the Anti-Hero Podcast, and I'm selling out for an ad. However, none of this would be possible on the audio platforms without Spotify for Podcasters. Spotify for Podcasters allows me to record, edit, and distribute to all audio platforms for the Anti-Hero Podcast. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, all you need is a mic and a computer. Hell, I don't even think you need that. I think you literally just need your phone. Spotify for Podcasters is for you, so give them a try. I fucked it up already. Did you? Gentlemen. So we're here with werewolves. Now, do you guys... Okay, so I've always wondered this. Do you guys... Do you guys spell it like werewolves, but pronounce it when you're saying it werewolves, or do you try to emphasize werewolves? Uh, stupid question. I know. It's, it's, really, it's, really not, it's really not a stupid question. It seems like it'd be a stupid question, but it's absolutely not, because we get this all the time. It's, it's technically pronounced werewolves, but you can just say werewolves. Yeah. Like, That's what I've been doing. It, it's it's literally the difference between like a tiny little hyphen and like nobody nobody cares. You yeah, know what I mean? the whole intention was for it to be a play on words. So if you say it fast enough, you can't really tell the difference. The thing that people don't get is like the name itself is a joke, and uh. I don't think people realize that. Like it's it's not the people who do get it. They 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 go like I see what you did, and that's cool. Yeah. And like it's it's one of those things. It's it's a name to to kind of almost poke fun at like metal and kind of poke fun at like just the landscape itself of uh these bands that take themselves too serious because we really don't we're like making fun of each other and we like being dorks and writing really like subversive weird stuff and that i want to get into all of that because you guys seem like a different type of band i think that's why like not saying i believe in energy or anything like that but when i met you i was like this dude does not seem like the uh i didn't get to meet you when i met him because the band was playing the night i met you and mm-hmm. I don't think you guys were there or you guys were. It was at uh, Spooky Empire. The first one? 2021? It was last year. It was last year, yeah. Last year. And uh, it was just um, YouTube, right? That's and because I, he was too busy blowing our friends in Dark Divine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's called making connections. Yeah. <laughs> he would have talked to you, but he had a mouthful. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> so uh, when I have. So this, the whole point. Actually, is, hold on before we go on. Shout out to Dark Divine if you're not watching this. We're just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of this podcast was to kind of bridge the gap between I don't want to say my people, but my culture can be a little closed minded and um and then the more artistic uh like I'm so into that. I feel like I, I branched off at nineteen years old and I should have went one route, but I went another. Um and when I met you, you were like out of your way telling me how much you support like first responders and you were like you were you're like I cut all their hair, man. You're great dudes. Well, that's why I said like I, I don't I don't feel that like your community is really that closed off. I mean, in any community, even even in our community, there's there's metal bands that are fucking like straight up like white supremacists and stuff like that. That's you know? true. Like there's the same thing in 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 anything. There's always bad eggs. And there's Supremes on are, both sides. And, and you know, there's there's Everywhere. like super conservative people and in, in every kind of demographic and stuff like that. But I mean, like I said before, from talking to you about that, like I work with a lot of like 
uh, officers and military and stuff like that, and they couldn't have made the more funniest, like, dark sense of humor, yeah. like, <laughs> like dudes that I've ever met. Like, I think I think you guys get like a bad rap, and because of like certain bad eggs out there yeah. who have you know tarnished that kind of thing. So, what is both y'all? I like to do this segment. And I should have given you a heads up. So if someone's got on one on hand, go first. Craziest cop story. Crazy. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be the worst. Um, Just like any encounter with the police that was like worth mentioning. Um, I don't think I have really any. I mean, the the one I'm originally from Georgia, so the only encounter I really had, like, I never got pulled over. I never, you know, got in trouble with the law. My only encounter with a cop that was kind of like, eh, I, do, I blew a tire on uh, my dad's truck because I got fishtailed into a curb. And he basically looked at me like, you don't know how to change a tire? I'm like, dude, I'm 17. <laughs> I drove a Sorry. <laughs> That's no excuse. I know how to change a tire. Look at me. Well, here's the thing. It's I not that I didn't know like, Get on the how. fucking ground. It, it's <laughs> not that I didn't know how. It's that my dad had a 2002 Dodge Ram which is not easy to change a tire on, and the jack that comes with the truck is shitty. I hear a bunch of excuses, don't you? <laughs> you take his man card now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I know how to. Look at me. I'm a guy who wears makeup, for God's sake. <laughs> and carries a purse. Again, I was 17. Yeah. That's cool. If he ever blows out his tire, I'll come drive over and change it for him. Now we have the, I got you. In full makeup. <laughs> no, now we have the Road Rangers for that, so I don't have to. I mean, to, like, I but when problem. you guys travel, in, in all reality, you guys kind of have to, someone's, if a, if a vehicle breaks down in route, someone's got to start picking knock something on, out. Uh, knock on yeah. wood. We haven't had that happen Ooh. yet, but, like, yeah. I mean, some of us got Either that or you don't go. He's lucky <laughs> because he's in a band with, like, three other actual men, so, like... <laughs> It helps. Like oh, me, Drew, and me, Drew, and Jesse can definitely change tires, so we're cool. Like you're all right. It's gonna be good. He, despite his size, you know, he's put a vest on him, and so he can wave down traffic. Yeah, you can <laughs> go the other sure, way. You can make sure all the men are working that you clear out. You know, just make sure everybody's cool. You can. You, we'll even give you the flare to hold. You know, so you can wave down a real man and have him help us. What's your craziest cops? Are you got one? Oh my god, dude! I have so many. I've been in so many circumstances with police officers and it's, it's good and bad always good always good okay cool to be honest with you always good i don't know like that's why i think you and i hit it off so well and stuff like that it's because like i just have i don't know cops just like get me like yeah. i can't explain it you have a gar- dark sense of humor when you i do it I'm i didn't fun. know this until last night yeah mm. so oh yeah that joke of me <laughs> Yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> but yeah, that's I mean, that's just how it is. I don't know. I feel like I feel like your your job description makes you or like your your profession makes you kind of like analyze everybody, right? So you kind of have a way of being able to tell who's real and who's yes. fucking fake, right? Yes. And 9 times out of 10 with these guys like they even the most stern one cops that I've come across have always had to like really look for something to be like I like this kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's it's one of those things like every time I've been arrested, every cop that's ever had Every me time back, I've been arrested? Yeah, I've been arrested a bunch. Really? Yeah. Every time I've been arrested, <laughs> cops have either like... Is this old AJ? Written, written arrested me and like been like, hey, like just take care of it. Like you don't even have to go. I probably won't show. <laughs> you know? Or like they've... 
they've I've been handcuffed in the back seat and we're driving to the fucking uh, cell or the holding center. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of places like have like temporary holding. Yeah. I've been in, in the backseat with them, and the, the, they'll just be like, man, it's so, like, we're, we're just talking, I'm handcuffed, and we're just having a good conversation, and they're like, fuck, man, I wish I could just let you go, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's all good, dude. Yeah, a lot of people that I arrest is, um, the mutual, I, I, anytime I place, anybody I arrest, I, I let them know, like, with any type of, like, body language or the way I talk to them is that, I'd say, I mutually respect them as a person, it's just my job, and nine times out of ten, you will get somebody that's like, no, you're good, man, it is yeah. what it is. And sometimes you get some bad, but the ones that fucking don't aren't cool with that are the, they're high on mm-hmm. drugs or, you know, they're uh, mentally ill. Like they just can't yeah. respond to like human, you know. Look, I look at it this way. If you're there for me, I fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like you're just doing your job. And it's like I can choose to do two things. I can be a little fucking bitch about the whole situation or I can just be like. My bad, dude. And, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm going to have a good conversation, even though I'm going to be sitting in a cell waiting for my mom to fucking bail me out. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember one time, and this is a cool story. Um, So I had, like, an incident happen, like an altercation. I don't want to get into what it was. But um, so these these cops showed up, and uh, I ended up, you know, getting arrested. And we're in the car, and I'm talking to this dude, and... You know, he understood that it was a misunderstanding and he's like, it just, you know, it doesn't matter. And then I was like, yeah, it's cool, man. I'm probably just going to try to hit up my buddy, Matt. And he's like, he's like, oh, does he work uh, for, you know, our office? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I said his last name and he goes, he goes, bro, he goes, (laughs) hold on one second. He takes out his phone and calls him. And he's like, hey, dude. He's like, guess who I got in the backseat? I'm like, yo, what's up? (laughs) Yo, what's up? Matt's like, what the fuck did you do, dude? And I'm like, ah, I'm like, I'm sorry, man. He's like, it's cool. He's like, I'll come by in the morning and come see you. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> Those are long shifts, man. Yeah. He's cool. He's like, he's like a really good friend of mine that like, we've, I met him. I met him actually downtown uh, when I was back when I worked in like nightclubs at uh, in downtown West Palm. And I remember I was working door at this one place and like some fight thing broke out and like he had to mace the crowd and I got maced yeah <laughs> by just standing at the door like yeah. doing my job and then he came over and he was like oh my god I'm fucking sore and I'm like dude I'm like I'm good and yeah. it was like only a little bit and the ever worst. since then we were like homies like <laughs> after he maced you yeah I remember one time we went to that's why I won't say his last name I remember one time we went to the movie theater and I was high on acid and we went to go see, uh, it was like that Harold and Kumar Christmas thing. Yeah. And he like held us down. You know what I mean? I felt <laughs> yeah. safer because we went to go to that and he knew I was tripping on acid. That's dope, man. So you've been, and I can edit this out, you know, I talk about, it, but you've been sober? Yeah. Because when you said, because when sometimes people say sober, they mean, I don't know if they mean like um, just alcohol, just narcotics or like some people go as far as like caffeine like i am like straight edge sober so no i'm having coffee right now (laughs) now we're good um no i'm i'm uh i want to say about seven or eight years nine years sober from drugs however long ever since i've been with my wife i've been sober from drugs um and uh alcohol i've celebrated last month uh five years yeah. No alcohol, huh? I was a fucking, I was a wild boy. That's why I've been arrested so many times. <sighs> you still? You, All dumb shit. 
literally all dumb shit. Just alcohol just being, induced. Just being crazy. Good times, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not even really alcohol induced. Just like situations with people where I've just snapped. I used to, I haven't drank liquor in just now three years because there's something about uh, the copious amounts of alcohol that make me feel like I need to tell you how I feel. And like I feel like I'm just being truthful with you. Turns out that translates to me being a fucking raging asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like I'm just enlightening you on how fucked up you are. But you're like, dude, who is this guy? Yeah. So I felt like maybe liquor. It was May 23rd, three years ago. So I'm through, you know, just so. Yeah. So I stick with beer. I can't. It's impossible. I'm old. I can't get drunk off beer, no matter how much I try. No. So. <laughs> now you just hit a you just hit a wall where it's like, yeah, it's gonna take a lot, and you're not gonna drink that much. <laughs> you're just not. You, once you get that full, see, because like that's the thing with like liquor is like there's no regulation. Mm. It's like one minute you're good, and the next minute you're fucking not good. Yeah. And that was one of the things. I was a liquor drinker. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I love that. I loved whiskey. I was just telling you that there when we were getting coffee. Like I was a straight up whiskey drinker, like Ooh. a little bit of ice. Sometimes no ice, just neat in a glass. Yeah, that's how it was. <laughs> I never liked the taste of hard alcohol. The only shit I would drink was like Mike's Hard Lemonade and all the fruity, like super fruit fruit shit. And then when I got on like my fitness journey, I was like, this shit's just not worth the sugar and calories to me. How's so that like, going? Uh, fuck you. Right. You are absolutely right, though, because I thought tr- I'm a huge fan of Trulies. I'll give up my man card. I don't care. Okay. It's, I fucking love Trulies, but they it's a different type of alcohol and it's sh- like sugar based or some shit. You get sick from the sugar and the sweetness before you get remotely tipsy. Yeah. And then it, it puts a belly on you it, like you'd be. Truly's, you would think because it's like, oh, it gets off the sparkling water thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's all sugar based and it's. You know, and then, and on top of the fitness thing, like I'm so old now. When I do it, like if I drink one night, like last night, um, I had a couple beers at your show, and then I came home, and uh, but if I would have like had drank at your show, today would have been just like I definitely not working out, hundred percent, and I would have just been like, Ugh. So, yeah, that's the one thing I definitely don't miss. Unproductive like, days. Yeah, like I, I, I kind of always joke about it, but I'm dead serious when it's a, when I say like werewolves could not exist if I was if I was still drinking. Yeah, because there's no way I'd be able to handle all the things that I have to handle on a regular daily basis for this band if I was drinking. Because there were days where I'd be in bed until like fucking two, three in the afternoon, and I can't do that. I got to calls and stuff yeah. like that, and you know, I, I just I don't miss that having to apologize the next day for being just a piece of shit. Was, <laughs> Do you ever, nice. when you wake up and you're like, Oh, I don't even want to look at my phone. <laughs> I, I mean, it's been a long time for you, but <laughs> yeah, well, nine times out of 10, I'm just like, oh, no. just pretend it didn't happen. If I somebody brings it up, happen. I'll say something, but there's so many times I've just woke. <laughs> I remember one time there was this, uh, I think it was my 25th birthday. Uh, my buddy threw like this 1920s party for it. And uh, I was in a tuxedo, right? And I remember I started drinking, and then they just kept getting me shots and stuff like that. And next thing you know, I woke up at like 7 o'clock in the morning with the sun hitting me in the face on top of the roof of a nightclub. Like the hangover. Yeah, in a (laughs) tuxedo, (laughs) still holding a glass of whiskey. And I passed out against like the little door thing. Well, at least you have the stories. The stories you'll always have. You're going to remember the good times. You quit Mm -hmm. for the bad times, but... Yeah, it's a good story. It's a great story. Uh, honestly, during that time period, I have a lot of great, 
even though there's a lot of like depressing stuff but like there's a lot of like really great stories that came out of that time period in my life and I, I, I kind of it's it's one of those things like I don't regret any of those days because they made me who I am but like when I look back on them there's silly moments in time yeah. and you just kind of go sometimes you just have to look back at yourself and laugh because I was a fucking ridiculous person so the start of your band obviously between the two of you, you could probably dissect your music history way back but how did the how did the seed of like where we'll start um it actually started in that guest room with uh at our, our old place with uh, my wife and i used to live with my buddy dean and uh my old uh friend at the time uh he lived with us too and i remember that him and our former guitar player who just left the project mutually everything's good with him uh we uh we still love jeremy very much but i remember jeremy didn't want me in this project that they were like starting in a bedroom and they were <clears throat> they were playing riffs that later became songs on our ep and i just remember being like fuck i want to be in this project and i'm like they're not gonna let me in it and i came to them and i was like hey you guys find a vocalist yet and they're like they're like no no were you we're a vocalist at the time yeah uh but at the time, it's funny uh, because I didn't come from like a metal background. Like I've always appreciated metal, and you know, like I've always looked up to just gods. Um, but I was basically like a post-hardcore like pop punk kid. Like I could scream, but like I was mainly leaning more toward pop punk at the time. And this is like ten years ago, basically. And um, I remember going to them and being like, oh, "Just let me do this thing." And they were like, "You can't handle these vocals," and I'm like. So I went, oh, I can't? Okay, cool. So I hit up a friend of mine, and I booked, like, studio time with him. And he had this, like, hardcore riff, right? And so I was like, hey, can I track on that? And he's like, yeah. And so I went in there, and I just did what would later become, like, basically, like, werewolves kind of style vocals, where it would be, like, the, the blending screams, the transitional lows into highs, and, like, the fast pace, like, kind of stuff. And I showed up and I, sh I, I went here and I played it on my phone and they went, oh, fuck. And I was like, yeah, so can I do this? And they were <laughs> like, yeah, I guess so. And it was the first time I ever did like vocals like that, like, like doing the yeah. that kind of stuff. That's what Diego said last night. He when you in the middle of your performance, he looked at me, he goes, this guy can actually he can really fucking scream. <laughs> you know, you do get I, and I will never name names and, you know, but. A lot of this, a lot of people can't do... Make noises with their face. Yeah, well, uh, well, when you listen to their, you know, fucking shit online, they can. Mm -hmm. But then when they go live, it's like... Yeah. And even even main acts. You ever go to like, like well, I want, I'm going to show my age, it's like Warped Tour or something, but a huge festival and you see this band that you love never seen live and you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I mean... When when our when your in ears work, we're usually a very, very solid solid group. But sometimes that doesn't happen, so we have to like find little ways to make it work. And uh, but you know we've always prided ourselves on being a live band. Like if we do it on record, we're gonna try to do it to the yeah. best that we can live. And it might not be pitch perfect, but it's gonna be good. Like you're gonna have a good time. What's funny is you know my my parents were never really into screaming. But the moment I joined Werewolves, the one thing my dad pointed out, he goes, you know, 
AJ screams, but I can actually understand what he's saying, so it makes it more digestible for me. I overly enunciate. <laughs> enunciate my screams. Yeah. My my dad <laughs> always like my dad likes calling it the Cookie Monster vocals, and he will make fun of it till the sun goes down. But the moment I joined Werewolves, he goes, "At least I can understand what the fuck he's saying." Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's a start. Yeah. Ooh, when you- I go in, when I go in, I always try to hit every letter when I scream. <laughs> it's like it's it's like something that's in my brain that goes like no no you have to make this as palatable as humanly possible even if it's not for everybody and mm-hmm. so like I have to hit all of those consonants and vowels like you gotta get everything. How long were you in the band from the start? No, so I joined. Um, we're actually a fit uh, about a couple of weeks ago was my two year anniversary of joining the group. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's been so many people in this band. <laughs> I'm like the fifth lead guitar player. I'm the only original member of Werewolves, yeah. which is funny. I'm the only original member of the band that they didn't want me in in the first place. Yeah, that's a twist. That's a, you know. Yeah. So, so, so I'll never forget. It was March of 2021. Um, I get a rent. Like I'd shown up at shows. I'd met him at Culture Room. It was Fame on Fire, Hometown Losers, Werewolves, and Happy Hour. The only band I knew from that show was Happy Hour. Those are my boys. I love them. And I met them that night. I think you were like five months sober at that point or something like that. No, I was like, I'll say, no. There's no, a head no, open. Like, well, how does that, that math work? Have oh. you been in the band two years and I've been sober for five? No, because I'd known you for like two years before you asked me to join the band. That was why. Right. So I had been. That video at Culture, you said it on stage like I'm celebrating like six, seven months sober or something like that. Might have been a year. Or yeah, maybe it was closer to a year. But anyway, really celebrate six months. Whatever. But I showed up, met them, became friends. I sh- like just started showing up early, helping them load in. Showed up at video shoots. I, I showed views, up, bro. I showed up when I didn't have to. Yeah. So when he needed me, that's when I got that call. Actually, pause for one second. If anybody is watching this and they are. Six months over, like, congratulations to you. I'm not <laughs> saying that you shouldn't celebrate that. I'm saying I personally do not celebrate six months. It's like, but I, I look at it as years. Yeah, like, but you might not want to celebrate six months, but your girl might want to celebrate six yeah, months. It so might mean something more to her exactly. than it is you. So yeah. I'm not demeaning any of that by any means. If anybody's struggling out there and they're working really hard to, you know, not fuck their life up anymore. Um, but yeah. Continue. It was one year. I was definitely because I only celebrate years. Okay, so at the yeah at that point, like we met at Culture Room. It was the first time I'd met them, and then they had a show. I think like a couple weeks to a month later, showed up there, and then there were a couple of video shoots that they want that they needed extras or help with. Well, not extras. I just showed up and helped. And what's funny is the guitar player at the time. Um, for our videos, don't name his name. Uh, yeah, he won't. He won't be named. <laughs> he who should not be spoken of. Wait, uh, for our videos in Wasteland and uh, Fall with me, the white guitar that you see in the video is mine. It wasn't me playing it, but it was my guitar. Oh, well, you might as well name him at that point. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, whatever. Um, it, it, was that one not on good terms? No, not the best. Of no, terms. I'm not gonna pretend like we're buddies. Like, oh, I, I'm nice. I'm nice to him when I see him, but like, fuck that kid. I can't. I can't. I, so I played when I before I joined the military. I was in, I guess you could say like metalcore, hardcore, a band, and it was that whole like two thousand. It was two thousand seven. What'd you play? Guitar. Fuck yeah. So um, 
And I just remember five getting fucking anybody to agree on anything <laughs> is the worst. And like the you know, getting five dudes on a solid track, hundred percent dedicated to a the same goal is is impossible. It's mm-hmm. it's statistically it can't happen. And then I started realizing like last year I got into I really it was probably two years ago I got really got into uh, Ice Nine Kills and and I know you know mm-hmm. I've seen all your stuff when and uh and I listened to a podcast the first time anybody said it uh, that I know of he was like uh this band is it, it has to be run like a dictatorship you can you can definitely try democracy and try to get everybody's opinion you want that as an artist but at the end of the day one person has to make the decision cuz he's got to live with it he everybody you know when you make a decision if it goes bad, it's on you. If it goes good, it's on you. But you can't have. It's like anything in life. You you got you're on a, a life raft, and you got five people. Someone's got to make the decisions on where to go, mm-hmm. and because five different people are gonna have five different ideas. Yeah, so. and it, it's trust me, you could not have picked a better time to talk about this because we're kind of going in a paradigm shift right now, like sonically, and so it's one of those things like trying to convey this to everybody and why we need to do this mm-hmm. uh, as far as like longevity goes. Um, it's for the most the, part though, we're all on the same for page. For the most part we is, are. Which we is are. good. I think we're one of the, we're one of the, we're one of the few bands that can say like, it doesn't take much to get us all on the same page, which is, well, which it, is good. It takes also a lot of me selling it, but it's like, <laughs> like you said, it's, it's uh, being a dictator, but you know, going about it in like a, democratic like democracy yeah. kind of way and I, I I voice my opinions to them and I listen to their opinions but at the end of the day like if I don't make the single decision we're not gonna do anything yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things like and I, I, I like to I give it up to the guys because I think they do respect me and show me a lot of respect when it comes to that and I think you know I, I reciprocate that to them but at the end of the day, I mean, it's I. I am the only original member of this project. Um, everybody's everybody's got a right to their own voice, and everybody's got a right to opinion. And and and, you know, sometimes bad opinions will lead to great results. So you should hear everything. Um, but for me, it's one of those things that like when I fixate on stuff, and I think this is also why the guys like show me the respect that I do. Is like when I fixate on stuff, I'm thinking about every angle and aspect and i have the clearest vision for the thing yeah and i at some point they get i I feel like i weaken you guys to the point where you go like fuck let's try it (laughs) i wouldn't even say that i'd I'd say like you have the long-term vision where you know and it took me a while because again you know i've only been in this band for two years and when i first joined you know i was very fortunate to join at the time that i did because i joined march of 2021 and then April, he puts it in the group chat, hey, you guys want to open for We the Kings, Hawthorne Heights, and Red Jumpsuit Apparatus? I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, dude. Because at that point, I'd been let down so much. I was like, all right, when someone else says it other than you, then I'll believe it. A week later, crack and post it. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is real. And at that moment on, I never doubted a single thing that he said. My first show with this band was in front of over 1,000 people. And I've, you know, from that moment on, if he says something... I have no reason to doubt him. Yeah. And at that point, you know, this is my first, you know, for all intents and purposes, this is my first serious band. This is the farthest I've ever gone. I'm only 24. You're only 24? Yeah. Man, he's a little guy. I'll be 25 in August. He's a little big guy. 
Yeah. He's a little big guy. Little big guy. <laughs> I'm I'm the youngest, but I'm the biggest. Yeah. But when it when it comes to you we know, have to stand on curbs to like line up with him. Yeah, band photos with me are a trip. You're all the way in the back. So um, it it, we, we either put him all the way in the back. I have to stand or, two feet behind. Or we got to so stand up. Like yesterday, size. we had this photographer shoot us outside, and we were. He was like, he's like, you guys don't line up, and I'm like, no, no, we line up. He doesn't line yeah. up with us. We're, we're all five. We're the, all five. The seven. guy literally said, you know, to line everybody up, I look at everyone's knees, and his are like a foot higher than yours. I'm like, yeah, I can't help that. Well, it's Sorry. The it's it's hilarious because the the three of us are all five seven, you know, same shoe size, same same build, basically, you know, slight slight differences, and then this guy. It six was like four. fucking six four. Yeah. And so if you're five seven and six four, it's like this. Yeah, it's almost like full. I gotta foot. stand two feet behind everybody so that we look even. I mean, with any relationship, it takes compromise. And so even though it is a dictatorship and even though I put my foot down when I really feel strong, like that we, we need to go in this direction. Um I still look for little ways for us to compromise, well, you because know, we want to, we want to, we want to enjoy what we do, you know, and we want to enjoy being around each other. So there's give and take, but at the end of the day, those kind of battles ends up leading to something dope. Yeah, and I, when I was in the military, my squad, I would tell them, you know, I, just because I, I. I'm in charge of the squad. I am accountable for everybody. I, it's not, I'm not smarter than any of you. I need all of your ideas, right? If we need to, if we have a mission to accomplish, don't, I can't be the only one, you know, while, you know, X amount of dudes just stand there and wait for me. Like I need ideas and then I'll take accountability for it, you know, or I will look at all the ideas and I'll put it a plan in action. And then that way we all contributed to the team. So, you know, I, I get that, you know, but it, but if you don't have, I guess maybe we'll, we'll replace dictatorship with leadership. Well, let me, yes. That, that, the D word's bad. The D word leadership is bad. Is the D word is bad. <laughs> um, okay, so it was one of those things, too, that even though I didn't have to ask them this, I still said to every one of them, if I'm going to do this stuff, I need to hear you guys say that I am the leader. And if you go, well, I think I said manager at the time. Yeah. But I was like, I need to hear it mm-hmm. because... It, there's going to come times when we're going to butt heads on stuff and I, I have final say, but I need to hear you guys say that so that I can feel comfortable because I don't like telling people what they have to do. I don't get joy out of telling people no, or we're going to do it this way or, you know, listen to what I'm telling you. But if you give me that and you let me have that, at the end of the day, it's an understanding that we all are working for the same goal, and I'm trying to do the best that I can to get all of us there. Yep. That's fair. So it's very it, much And like you just need their trust. Mm-hmm. That's, Having, you're asking for their trust. I'm asking for their, yes, faith and trust. Yeah. Follow yeah. me into the... The fires of Mordor, <laughs> and the and the way I, I get that ring, and the way I see it, two years in, he's not given me any reason to ever doubt him, and I'll be the first to tell, you know, I'll be the first to say it. I, I don't know shit about the like business side of things. I'm slowly trying to learn, but this guy's my brother. What what benefits him benefits me. Yeah. So I don't need to worry that whatever decision he makes from a business standpoint is going to be good for me because 
If it ain't good for me, it ain't good for him. Yeah. I always tell these guys, you guys have it so easy because my job <laughs> is the worst job on the planet. I fucking hate my job. Yeah, I, I hate what I do. I hate having to be the politician for the band. Oh, I couldn't even. Some of the stuff we've talked about offline, uh, you know, uh-huh. I, we talk. I talked to like, you know, like some of the other bands that we're both mutually friends with. It's like some of the fucking politics that go into this this music industry bullshit, like. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm, I, I started this thing called shell shock because I wanted to get out of, um, people, you know, the money not going to where it needs to go. And I understand there's steps in the middle that need to get paid, mm-hmm. but holy shit, the gatekeeping and this stuff, yeah. like it's, well, you know, like if well, that's, one, pr- that's the whole thing I was trying to tell you is like proper channels. It sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Oh, you're good. I mean, I can only imagine like getting, you have to get on the phone with somebody and you don't like them. And as a person, you're like, I hate this person. Oh yeah. Hey, how's it going? You know, it's, it's a, it's a swallow. Yeah. And then you do it because, and that's the thing. That's what makes or breaks people is, do you have the capability to swallow your pride Mm -hmm. and go handle what you have to handle? I have to do that on a daily basis. I fucking hate it but at the same time it's like this person is one more step toward my goal yeah am i going to let that person beat me no you know we had an issue with an ex-band member that could have broken this band yeah but i swallowed my pride and i gave in and i said this person's not going to defeat me they can win this battle but i will win the war that was it and I ever since that moment in time like if I can handle that situation none of this matters patience is a virtue a lot of people don't understand Mm -hmm. that and it's so hard because rock and roll has the punk rock spirit but you you, there's a like you said there is a business side if you want to make money if you want to be successful but success is the ultimate fuck you yeah that's true at the end you know in the at end. the end of the day, if you can look at someone you fucking despise and you can smile on their face, shake Suck their hand, dick. buy them a drink, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and throw down when you throw down that card to pay for their food, drink, or whatever the fuck, and it has your band's name on that card, you won. Yeah, they don't realize it, but you know. Yeah, you know. There's there's nothing wrong with being nice to everybody, even people you look. It doesn't mean you have to be that person's like actual friend. But you can be cordial with people you don't fucking like. I'm learned that on a regular basis in everything that I do because the music scene is so music scene in general is toxic. So I deal with toxicity on a on a regular basis. Well, I thought I came from a, a an atmosphere with like some, I, and I guess it's just any atmosphere you go into that's competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a time recently I went and to. I don't know how to say this without saying it's bad. It's not bad. I went to a music video shoot. You happened to be there. And it was just professional. Yeah. Was there was there any toxicity on that? No, 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 no. It oh, was, uh, I was like, no, was it was not toxic. <laughs> it was just uh, I was walking into an environment that people have been creating and working on for a long time. Right. And it was just, um, I don't know how to say it. It was uh, competitive. Just the nature. Good competitive. But it was a lot of creativity mm-hmm. and a lot of good ideas flowing. I just felt like, I was like, damn, dude, this shit's like, like they're, 
When it's not just all like you would think you're like, oh, I'm going to chill at a music video shoot. And it's going to be a bunch of dudes hanging out. And like it, it was very like um, I felt like like structured and professional. Yeah, I felt out of place. I was like, holy oh. shit, these guys are like, you know. Yeah, but you can also remember like, OK, even like take, for example, like the golden age of fucking of metal. Like I'm not going to say hair metal was the golden age, but just, just that time period, you know, those guys were all a mess, but they were plopped in around professional like if you went if you went to a motley cruise shoot back in the 80s i'm sure they were coked up and drugged up out of their mind in places but you had professionals putting them in places that they had to be and so it that's just how a music video shoot runs i mean it's one of those things like there has to be people who know where everything is supposed to be at what times shot lists and all this other stuff and and set up like i i've done a lot of music videos at this point so it's it's one of those things like um most of the time and, and this is like you know present company excluded but most of the time I'm, I'm i'm putting my own band members in places and telling them exactly what they're supposed yeah. to do how they're supposed to do well, it's a vision too right yeah, and that's the thing. you have to you have yeah, and that's what you walked into that creative field is is we're not competing. There's no competition. We all have the it's the same thing. We all have the same end result that we want. We want this to be a great music video. You know, it's it's like the one you walked into. I was uh, working on mm-hmm. so like I was handling all the acting, and uh, you know I was playing characters and I was doing the best that I could help them as they were making this music video make it even better if I could. And so were all my ideas used? No. Was I hurt that all my ideas were used? No. Did I have a good time because we were all working together as a team and the best ideas won that day? Absolutely. That's what it is. That's the problem, I think, and the reason why things get so toxic is that everybody thinks that it's a competition, just in general, like in law enforcement, in, in the music scene, in, you know, politics. Everybody thinks... It's a competition. It's not. If you're uniquely yourself and you're on a path where you're you're doing your own thing, yeah, we're all competing. I mean, in, in some way, there is competition because, you know, like only a handful of people get selected for stuff. Yeah. Right? But if you're so uniquely your own and you go your own path, you'll carve your own way through. I mean, there's no other Rob Zombie on the planet, you know? There's yeah. no other fucking Kiss on the planet. And there's no other Ozzy Osbourne on the planet. That's true. And I mean, it you, you can't can, replicate these. And you can be on your own path. And I noticed you have a good support system with certain bands that you guys actually support each other. Yeah. yeah. There's no there's no um obviously again, the competition is a very very vague word. Mm-hmm. There needs to be competition in life. You you won't progress as progress as a human if you don't have a some kind of competition, but as far as like this the unselfishness i think is what it is like like wanting to see other people succeed in their own path Mm -hmm. now if i came out and started a band called werewolves 2 and copied everything that's where you'd be like what the fuck you doing no i'm not going to support this but a whole other band with a whole other path no yeah but i'd see you because i own the name (laughs) i take out the apostrophe dude come on (laughs) yeah you can do that there's also a metal band called that too going off what you said i mean you know the toxicity really just comes from a lot of bands just having the wrong mindset about it because the fact is we're not playing the exact same shit there's nothing stopping a listener from liking both of us the only thing that's going to steer them away from liking either of us is how we approach it because if we're toxic pieces of shit 
and we try to steer them away from someone else yeah. just because it's not us, that's just going to turn them off to us. You're like, oh, who the fuck are these douchebags? There's nothing stopping people from liking us and another band. And if you mutually like us and support us and are, you know, friendly to us, we'll reciprocate that energy because we there's no reason for us not to. You know, I come from the Atlanta scene. It's a brotherhood. You showed up for me. I'm going to show up for you. It's as simple as that. Down here, um, you know, I, I was in another band for a while, and that guy said the same thing. It's just a fucking battlefield. That sense of camaraderie and brotherhood just isn't there, and we'd like to change that. So, yeah, there are plenty of up-and-coming bands that we love playing shows with. We love going to their shows and supporting them, and they do the same for us. There's no ulterior motives. We don't need anything out of it. We're just, hey, I like what you do. I like you as a person. We'll help each other grow. And that's more beneficial to both parties involved. You know, it's one of those things I was having this conversation with someone the other day. And it's, uh, it's, I've, I've always been a person that supports people. Like I always just have like that. That's like my, my nature. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to learn balance with that. You know, there's not oh, everybody I, deserves your support. Well, I saw your story. It was kind of vague. It was a while ago, maybe yeah. a couple weeks ago where you said like, it was something along the lines of like you need to find I don't know you explain it I'm sorry for interrupting no no what what, what was it <laughs> it was like um you know you're too kind to people and you need to learn where to draw the line exactly okay here's the thing I gotta believe in people and I gotta see I gotta see something in them in order for me to fully support you know but at the same time if you support me I will support you but. If you cross me, I'm I'm not gonna go out of my way to ruin you. I'm not gonna go out of my way to be an asshole about it. I'm just never gonna talk about you. Yeah. I'm never if the opportunity comes up where I can put you in for, I'm not gonna do that. Dead to me. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. I, I I'm I'm learning to write people off, and it's it's one of those things. Like I don't I don't mean to be that way. And but my tox my toxic trait is I give too much uh, faith in in people. Or I should say I give too much faith in the wrong people. And I give people too many chances. And it's one of those things like I, I don't do that. I'm, I'm learning not to do that anymore. If my wife was here, she would totally be guessing your zodiac sign right now. Oh, yeah, probably. I'm a Leo. <laughs> are you? Yeah. I don't, I, she can't. Actually, three of us are Leos. All three of you guys? Yeah. And then uh, Drew's uh, Cancer. All right. I don't know. What's Drew? <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't really know shit. my own. <laughs> yeah. Well, v- yeah, yeah. Drew's, Drew's a cancer. Venus is in Gatorade or uh, whatever the Drew, fuck. Drew's a cancer because my mom's a cancer. Yeah, they have uh, similar birthdays. Um, huh? Capricorn. That was it. Capricorn. Who is? Sorry. Drew, Drew and my mom are Capricorns. Drew's a Capricorn. Oh. So Capricorns kind of can balance Leos. Mm, okay. Yeah, I know. That shit's real, though. Shit, okay. I, I worked in salons. You sound like <laughs> you sound like such a tourist right hey, I can now. I change a tire. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one thing I wanted to pick your brain on. Do you remember? So you're a horror movie fan. Oh, yeah. Um, do you remember back in the day when um, it was like 2002 to 2004, where horror movies were getting they were like collabing with record labels and they were putting out banger soundtracks. Yeah. You remember like Freddy versus Jason? I mean, we were the out Matrix. There, we were out there talking about this, and that really started around Jason Lives. Jason Lives is really where 
you know, that was like, what, 87? Yeah. So Jason Lives was really like, because the director of that film is a big rock and roll fan. Really? Right? And you can kind of feel that in that movie. Like, there's there's a presence there. That was really the start of rock and metal kind of like fusing together. Because it's always been one of those things, like those two things kind of mirror each other. Like, mm-hmm. the average metal fan is a huge fan of horror movies. The average horror movie fan is a big fan of metal. It goes hand in hand. And those soundtracks work really well together with those kind of films and stuff. But, you know, you, you can see the trajectory of it building, building through the 90s. I mean, like, you know, you had just some of your disappointing soundtracks. I'm not going to lie. You know, like the Blade soundtrack. I can't stand that soundtrack. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it fits that movie. Yeah. But uh, in early 2000s, yeah. So, I mean, like, new metal was, was popular as hell. Yeah. Radio rock was at its all-time best sound. And it was one of those things that those things worked so well together. And it's... They'll always be in correlation with each other. And I think a lot of like bigger budget horror film directors and, and studios are starting to take more chances on stuff, but they were really taking chances back then. Dude, those were fucking killers. That's how I heard about and I brought it up, but like I I bought um Do you remember the, the band Finch? Weren't they kind of poppy punk? Not really. Uh, they were on Drive Through Records, and uh, Finch, Finch put out one of the greatest albums of all time, in my opinion. It's called uh, "What It Is to Burn," and um, I just remember falling in love with that band. And then they appeared on the Underworld. That's what soundtrack. I'm saying. Like, yeah, that, like, they had this song called "Worms of the Earth," and uh, it's it's a very heavy song. But they had it's kind of like us, where it's like heavy, heavy, and then all of a sudden it's like a poppy kind of yeah. chorus. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm not as big of a horror movie fan, but I do remember, wasn't there like an old Memphis Mayfire song that was on like the Saw 2 soundtrack Probably. or something like that? Maybe Saw 3. I know, I think it was off their Challenger record, but I could have swore like one of their music videos for one of their older songs, it was like Memphis Mayfire on the, the soundtrack for, yeah, it was either like Saw 2 or Saw 3. And I, and I remember seeing that because I was never as much of a horror movie fan, but I got more into metalcore and whatnot. And I remember seeing that. I was like, really? This is on a movie soundtrack? All right. I, I wasn't expecting it. But Memphis Mayfire on a movie soundtrack. You say Memphis Mayfire weird. Is it Memphis Mayfire or is it Memphis Mayfire? You have Mem- Memphis, Memphis Mayfire. It's kind of like uh, when uh, the Foo Fighters always talk about when um, – they were on Saturday Night Live. Christopher Walken was the host, right? And he came up to Dave Grohl and he said, how do you say your name? Is it Foo Fighters or is it Foo Fighters? <laughs> 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 so that's, that's what made me think of that. So what do you guys think about the modern day? Um, and I, when I say the journey to success, I just mean the journey to be a successful band in, in, in whatever that band's division of success. Because I talked... There's so many theories on how to, um, not it, a lot of theories on how to be the best perception, like whatever's perceived by people, right? Like I've heard things where like people are like, oh, we're we're not, we don't play live shows, we don't play hometown shows, which are all they're just the, uh, strategies. Um, we only do this, we only do that. Well, like you know, when you your first days in bands were like put out demos and fucking tour or not tour but play as many shows as you can and get your name out there and like you know i remember some of the first bands i ever heard were given to me on fucking like victory records you know things Mm -hmm. where i was like oh this band's awesome well it's one of those things okay so 
we don't we don't tour and that's not by choice but the tours that we do get offered are trash yeah and it just doesn't make logistical or financial yeah, sense if you can afford a tour like you live like at home with your family and or you're you work a really great job where you can afford to do that kind of stuff because you got to understand going on these roads you're gonna maybe break even but most of the time you're going to lose money yeah. um so it's one of those things like please by all means tour if, if it makes sense for you guys to do it if it's something that you're really passionate about and you really want to do that do it as much as humanly possible play as many hometown shows as you can but spread them out don't play every fucking week and don't play every play if you live in like a state there's areas you can play in your state like not a lot of people know us up here but yeah. like you know we can we can we can fill out 300 down down in south florida but up here we're not going to draw that same number but and you have to put in the time you have to put in that time yeah. and it's about spreading out your time going out of your market to practice coming back to your market and showing everybody what you practice and stuff like that it's taking it bit by bit uh, there was this band that we played with last night, the, the openers, they were like 16 year old kids and we were like blown away by that. And they kept asking me all this advice. And I remember one of the kids, um, asked me, you know, like, what do we do? And I'm like, look, I can only tell you what I've learned from people who are in positions bigger than me and what they've, sh- what I've seen them do and what they've told me to do. And it's like, kind of like how we do our stuff, you know? We didn't grow our numbers by accident. We didn't pay for our streams or anything like that. And it's one of those things, like, we consistently put out music, whether it been a cover or an original. And we kind of spaced everything out, too, to where, you know, we put out a cover every couple of months. Or, or like, we put two out, like, two or three covers a year, you know? But then we try to put out originals, too. Um, you know, people don't realize that we have, like, 30, 30-something released songs. We have 10 cover songs. We have a e- uh, seven-song EP. We have a 10-song album. We have two brand-new singles out there. You know, we have, some st- we have a lot of stuff in the can that we haven't released yet. Yeah. Constantly working on yourself and, con- and spending the money to go work with people who are better than you at what, at what they're doing. It's like, it's, it's like if, you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you've lost kind yeah, of in a way. 100%. So it's it's one of those things like if, if there's something you want to do or there's something you want to emulate, you go and look at what they're doing and you find out, you build out a finite plan. Uh, and then it's trial and error. And, you know, like we're not a big band by any means. We're doing good, but we're not like a big band, you know. And it's it's one of those things like even even at the level we're at, I feel like we've peaked at what we've the way we've been going about it. So we have to change everything and we have to shift and we have to move the paradigm. Otherwise we're going to continue having the same results. They say that, uh, insanity insanity is doing the same thing over and over over again, again, expecting expecting a different outcome. outcome. And you can't do that. So we're at a point now where it just feels like we're doing the same thing over and over. So in order for us to get to a next on the next level, because remember, there's levels in life to everything that you're going to do. You know, it's all a video game. We're all trying to get to that yeah. final level before we die. You know, so we're at this. We passed the beginning stage. We're into the video game right now, and right now we're at that point where, like in Mario Brothers, you're in that hellfire 
area with the thing that's going yep. around. You're it's just impossible. trying to get to the other side. So it feels like it's impossible. Then you do it. But you can do it. <laughs> so in order to do save. that, you have to make some <laughs> fucking crazy moves. Yeah. And so don't be afraid to go for something. If it feels right, it's probably right. If it feels wrong, it's probably wrong. And you have to start trusting your intuition with that. Like right now, I feel like we're in a bad spot. Yeah. And, you know, to an outsider, you're going to look at it and go like, oh, you guys are doing, you guys are killing it. But we know what's going on. And right now we're not happy. And we're our own harshest critics. And I think any, any, oh, any artist would was pretty. That. I was I was really impressed last night. Thank you. You know, like just with, I knew you, how you guys perform, but just the vibe and the show and, you know, it was, but it goes to what you're saying. Like as an outsider, I'm like, dude, y'all are killing it. You yeah. guys are your biggest critics going, no, we need to do this. Now that's not to demean what we've done. We have killed it at our level where we're at, the level we're at, we are fucking killing it. And I'm stoked. But we're now starting to go into a direction like we, we've gotten to a level now where I haven't been past this level, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going past that level now. And so the only way to get to that next one is we have to make something. We have to do something fucking mental. You have to you have to do something. Absolutely. If you explain you have to do something to where if you had to explain it to someone, they're like, how the fuck are you going to do that? Yeah. Or, or, or where are you going to get that? Why wouldn't do that? Do that? Why or that's yeah. impossible. Impossible. Yeah. You can't. That's that, when you, you have to do that. That's impossible. It. Yeah. yeah. That. It's, it's it's scary. Like we've been having a lot of conversations lately that are stressful, mm-hmm. but they're stressful in a great way. And the things that are holding us back are just fear, and it's fear of the unknown because none of us have been through this yet, and it's exciting and. We kind of know that if we don't do this next thing or we don't go for this other thing, that we know what the end result is. And the end yeah. result is last night. Where we're going to be the best local band you've ever seen. And that's it. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys. I don't think so. I think I, even last night you were playing a show three hours away from your hometown. And it was, there was, it was just cool to see people in where I like I. I went to pass out a flyer for Shell Shock, and the dude was like, I was like, uh, gee, I was like, you might know about this because you're wearing a Weirwolf shirt. And he was like, oh, no, I didn't know that. And he's like, I've been waiting to see these guys since uh, Kraken Fest when I saw them. That's awesome. And he was We've like, had a lot of people say that, and that's the coolest thing to see. Like, they remember, and I think it's because you guys have a good brand. Mm-hmm. It, you have to brand it. You could be dog shit music, but if you have, like, the, like the, for instance, the Fiend School, it's just, that's the best branding you could ever do. I wish I want the fiend skull so bad. You, you have know. no idea that old. You ever see that skull design we had? That the, sticker. Oh, the, yeah, that was modeled after the. Because you guys skull. have the neon green around. Yeah, and your, your so music the original presentation was like I wanted us to be misfits, yeah. so bad. But you can't be misfits. Yeah. Misfits, they are misfits. You can't be Kiss. You can't be them. Figure out your own lane. And it's hard, too, because when you brand something, you're like, this is stupid. I got to change it. And mm-hmm. you're like, you don't know that people have seen it. And now they're like, they associate things and they like it. And you're like, as an artist, as a creator, you're like, oh, my God, I, I, I've had this for too long. This needs to change it up. And it's like, it's that it's that hard decision where you could be right. You mm-hmm. could need to change it up. Or are there certain elements where you don't change it up and you keep it? 
because it that's your anchor and it's you know Slipknot's had the same logo for fucking 30 years never, that's, that's all I'm saying they've never changed yep. that because when you see the right one like I love our logo now but it's not Metallica when we land on that iconic thing right now we're still figuring our shit out and I think everything that we've done so far is cool I like our logos I like the WW symbol yeah you know I like our uniforms I like all that stuff but I want to go to somebody who does branding professionally. I want to sit down. I want to have several meetings with them so they can get to know me. They yeah, can get to know the guys. Help you. And then we can go. I want the last logo we're ever going to have in life from you. And they have to understand your history, your mm-hmm. future plans. They knocked it out of the fucking park with the Crimson Ghost. Man, that was just one weird dude that stole it from a movie. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yep. And they spent that 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 logo has turned them into a clothing brand where people don't even know it's a yep. fucking band, which is crazy. If yep. your sh- if your shirts are at Forever Twenty One and they don't know that you're a band, <laughs> that's how you made it. That's 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 a million dollars. I should have right? worn my dancing shirt today. It's in the car. <laughs> I should have wore that today. So here's some stuff that I wanted to ask you before we uh before we end it. These are just fun topics. I thought all we've done. I only thought about doing it with y'all. Cool. What are guilty pleasures or pleasures? And what are some bands that surprisingly, we won't use the hate word, but you, you just, they don't vibe for you that would surprise people. Like when you say it, the people are going to go, what? You know, guilty, guilty pleasures, I feel like is such like a, it's such a double edged sword to word it that way. Cause it's like, I feel like when you're a musician, you, you have the most eclectic taste and most people just don't get that. Because I will go, that this this will shock you. My playlist will go from Periphery to Panic at the Disco to Pentatonics because I'm a choir kid to fucking I don't know if I'm in the mood. BTS. I don't care. What was the last one? BTS. What the hell is that? K-pop. If I'm in the mood for it, fuck it. Passionate. That's the loudest he's got. <laughs> yeah, he said that with he said that was chest with conviction. He said that with the voice of a man. Took the mic off. Yeah. The damn thing. Yeah, it was Henry Rollins over here. <laughs> okay, said so the, there's, said there's, it with the power of a man who can change a tire. <laughs> Fuck you. So there's nothing that you would bump in your car, and if AJ was walking up to your window, you would turn it down. There's not one song that you listen to that you were like, "Oh, the boys can't hear this." Hell no. Good for you. If he's walking up to the car, I'm gonna crank that shit because I know he's recording me. Content. <laughs> There's, There's no, no such thing as a guilty pleasure. And it's like if you like it, you like it. Good. What's your uh, what's a band that doesn't vibe for you? That uh, everybody else in your community, every, you know, I'm talking like iconic band that you're just iconic. like everybody's gonna hate me when I say mine. Um, iconic. Oh, I'm gonna have to say Led Zeppelin. It's not a bad one. Well, and here's the reason why. I'm the same I will never. I will mine. never That's yours? take. That's yours. You don't like here's Zeppelin. A, here's That's the awesome. thing. I Fuck will always Zeppelin. respect <laughs> them for the. I respect them for the impact that they made. I understand they were legends because of what they did. Yeah. My problem is this. Again, I'm from Georgia, so the classic rock stations played the same goddamn song, and it was their worst song. Which one? It's the one where he's saying "Oh baby" like a thousand times, like moaning sexually. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. I'm like, bro, what is this fucking garbage? I can listen to Stairway 
is the only one where it can come on. I can go. I won't. I can't listen to the whole thing, but I can go. I mean, it's a classic song. Yeah. I, they have their songs where I'm yeah. like, all right, I get it. But, but they also have their songs like, dude, that's what? A, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I, I don't. don't, I don't people it. put it on. My wife loves Led Zeppelin, and I'm like. Again, I will always respect them for the impact that they made. I will never understand certain elements of them, and that's one of them. I mean, my my uh, guilty pleasure recently is, I don't know why, Eddie Murphy's Party All the Time. That's great. Oh, my God. And you know I love why? You know why? Because the song's great. <laughs> it is <song's> great. <laughs> it's so dumb. Dude. You know why? Because Rick James wrote it. I, I saw the music video. I was sitting at a club at a place called... Uh, it's a goth bar. He wrote that high on cocaine, and he was just yeah. like, he's like, Eddie, come over here, sing this song. <laughs> and like, why Eddie Murphy? Because Eddie wanted to be a singer. Because I think he hung all, out with Rick James. It, it, all the '80s guys did too. Uh, what did Die Hard? Bruce Willis had a song. Bruce Willis had a band <laughs> called Bruno and something. I forgot what it was. And then Patrick Swayze has a song. She's like the wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that song is great. We actually watched Ghost the other night, and uh, in the background of my mind, I'm just like. She liked to win. <laughs> good for him. I love that song. It's such a good song. It goes back to what I said. There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. It doesn't matter how bizarre it may seem. If it's good, it's good. And there's nothing. No I like that. To be ashamed of it. That's a good attitude. I always joke to them, but I'm like 100 percent serious. But I joke to them, but like I'm gonna do it, and like I don't really care if they want to do it. I'm gonna do it. But uh, I love Garth Brooks. So yeah. like. I'm gonna probably end up doing a cover of, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys because I don't know when it's gonna come out, but I'm gonna fucking do it, and I don't care if you like it, I'm gonna do it. Uh, I want to do <laughs> Friends in Low Places because I think that song just unites so many people. Like even if you don't like country, and that song came on, you instinctually just know the Oasis. Yeah. Like you just know it. Are you gonna you don't do, know why you know it? Because you, you heard it in a fucking Walmart when you were like looking at, you know, socks. But it's in there. It's yeah. in your, cerebr- your your cerebellum for like the rest of your life. You Are you gonna why. do a metal version? I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a really interesting version of it. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make people hate that they like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the best Garth Brooks song to me is uh, it's that high pitched one. Uh, Five o'clock in the evening, Mama doesn't know she's leaving. Oh, no, I only know the hits. <laughs> That is it. I don't know the deep, I don't know the Garth Brooks deep cuts. <laughs> the B sides. I don't know B sides. I know I know the iconic yeah, one. As soon as we're done here, I, I'm yeah. gonna play it. And you're gonna be like, "That's a hit." But I, I'm probably. Gonna... I just. I mean, like, there's two Garth Brooks songs that I love, and that's it's that one. In Do you like fucking what's his name? Uh, his alter ego. Oh, uh, <laughs> Chris Cole. Chris Cole. <laughs> No, you should do that, but a lighter version of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> well, you I do mean, gospel music. Chris Col- oh, right, <laughs> church going music would be fantastic. Um, you say you're guilty pleasure, you don't have one, right? No, you, no. no shame, no nothing. I, mean, I think part of the question was like, what's something I listen to that would like shock people? There's plenty of that. I just don't feel fucking guilty about it. I don't feel ashamed about it. There's plenty of shit where I'll tell you, yeah, I listen to blank and you're like you'll look at me six foot four metal looking dude and you're like you really back streets back 100 percent. i think i've got one of those looks and one of those faces that were if i just say i like this you're probably like yeah probably yeah you know what i mean if i was like if i was like i really like miami sound machine glory stefan you'd be like yeah all right you know what i mean <laughs> if, if you were like if, if i was like yeah my favorite band's like sugar ray you'd be like yeah of course it is look at you <laughs> You know, it's one of those things like I, I don't really care. I like I like everything. I mean, like it's, it's not I don't like this band. 
because they have a lot of songs that I do love and I do sing along to, but Corn does nothing for Korn, me. Corn, huh? Corn does nothing for me. People would be shocked to know that Corn does nothing for me. My wife is shocked by it every single time. Michael Bolton does more for <laughs> me than Corn does for me. And I know that a lot of people out there are like, <gasps> but like, I'm sorry. It just, you know, if I don't resonate was, with the vocalist, like. Corn was definitely a right place, right time. Right band. place, right time. Jonathan Davis is an amazing vocalist. Yeah. What he, For what he does, he is the best at it. And Corn for what they do, they are the best. I feel at like it. they they turned into a professional band in the journey of while wow, they were a professional band. Oh like, yeah, they, I, I no went, they they will straight up say they have no. They don't remember recording Blind. Yeah, like they they don't like their first album and possibly their second one. It's not impressive. It's got hits on it because you know you know Blind is Blind. Yeah, but if you heard Blind. And you like, let's say a, you took a twenty-year-old kid today, and he never heard Corn, and you listen, let him listen to Blind. He'd be like, "This is this is an iconic song in the in the Corn books," and mm-hmm. you'd be like, "Yeah, it's Blind, bro." No, 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 you'd have to like find someone in the middle because kids today fucking love Corn. We just talked about that. And You're just like, okay, new metal's coming back. New metal's huge now. And it's is it like you think it's like a retro thing, kind of yeah. like kids thinking 100%. it's cool again? Remember how uh, when we were. Uh, like young 80s metal came back again and started influencing the metalcore scene. You know, like a mm-hmm. Treyu yeah. had like 80s metal attack, riffs attack, in it. Yeah. Attack Attack had some 80s metal riffs in Ask there. Ask Alexandria. Ask yeah. Alexandria had like very heavily Molly Crew and Skid Row. They it's did a that. full fucking Skid Row yeah. cover album. So the way that the way that the metalcore scene embraced 80s metal uh, is the way that kids today's the modern metal scene embraces new metal. Because it's those riffs with the modern vocals that work. Same thing with like Ask Alexandria or Atreyu. It's modern vocals work with those cool riffs. Like that's why, like, look, look at, we covered uh, Right Side of the Bed. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's an 80s metal song. That's true. But with screaming. And in drop and it's C. Got a bon Jovi chorus. It's an eighties it's an eighties metal song in drop C. Dude, I watched it. I watched a TikTok the other day. And it was some guy Actually, it's like a Michael McDonald impression. It was a guy, um, he was uh he was reviewing Ghost as an outsider, never never he's not a ghost fan, he's not he reviews bands and it's really comical. And he said they're just a gothic Bon Jovi. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Why is that so true? <laughs> now I can't unhear it. I will say this about Ghost. I always loved the aesthetic. I didn't care for the music until I had one photo shoot where we just had Ghost playing in the background because I was like, this kind of feels like a Ghost moment. I mean, this is another time to like dip my toe in Ghost. Put on Ghost, and I was like, ah, oh, Ghost is just cool background music Ooh. with a live... with a th- It's a theater show with live background music. Yeah. And it's just... Really, ever since then, I'm like, Ghost is pretty fucking good. I love Ghost, but mm-hmm. I, I think I love a lot of their singles. I don't think if you, I don't think like I could, I could listen to like one or two songs off an album, but I don't think I could sit down to a whole album. You know, it's just not my cup of tea, but the bangers are banging. Yeah, no, I, honestly, if you just throw Ghost on and you just go about your day, Ghost is pretty fucking sweet because then those hits will pop in. And you're like, oh, Ghost is yeah. really fucking good. That's the thing. The rest of it, like those B sides, they're great as background music. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe he's smart. I don't know. Sometimes I think that dude's hyper intelligent. Yes, and you he do knows. Not get to that level. He knows he can knock out nine 
songs and have that banger. And 100%. just use the theatrical version of everything. And the, 100%. That the, is a hyper genius to come up with something that's hitting all of those targets at once. Like chicks, like Starbucks white girls liking our music on TikTok and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Well, future plans. I know you can't, you probably don't want to talk about your future plans or you kind of touched upon how you are revamping some things. But as far as logistical, tangible things you got going on? Uh, there's a handful of songs that are in the can that'll see the light of day sometime this year. Okay. Uh, there's basically an entire album written that's not connected to those that will see the light of day sometime in the next two years. Um, we've just written... During this entire time period, we've just written... We just kept writing, 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 writing. That's why you always see me in the studio because yeah. like, I'm, I'm just trying to get in there as much as humanly possible. Would I like to be there every day? Absolutely. But if I can be there once a month, I've won because that's all that matters right now. And because I've consistently been able to go at least once a month, we have so much stuff, whether it be between our producer's place or other writers or just even getting in with Eddie to just work on like stupid shit yeah like stupid shit that makes us giggle like we just did uh are you guys gonna are you gonna say it right now uh, yeah fuck it i don't care uh yeah we, we were gonna like a teenage Mutant ninja turtles cover <laughs> and i'm just like i don't care i'm having a great time that'd be so fun yeah it's gonna be awesome yeah. and it, it's one of those things like I'm, I'm just gonna try to get in and make as much content this next year as humanly possible we figure out the next step and something crazy might happen in the next two months that I can't talk about yet because I still have to go close two deals. Mm-hmm. But if that happens, you're gonna see some shit. Like, and it's you're not gonna know what's about to happen. We're not gonna know what's about to happen, and we're not gonna speculate. We're just gonna fucking go for it. Yep. Right now is the time. Like I said, in the time of werewolves, it's time to shake stuff up and just go for something. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't work, we can always go back and just do the same thing. But why the fuck would we want to? Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. And, you know, as long as you're consistently in anything, not just music, but, you know, I own a clothing brand and you, I'll put out a shirt. If it doesn't if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know. And, and so then you learn, okay, that I thought that would work. And if I want to make, I can make all the shirts I want to. But if it don't sell, it's the point of, the, there's no point. So then I have to, people don't like, I like that shirt, people don't like it. Okay, back to the drawing board. And then you put out, and you start, brand and the more you can do this with a brand i was telling her about your defund dancing cops thing and she's like there's cops that dance and i'm like tiktok oh she's like god an epidemic of i think that shirt's genius it's just well i use the um bad religion font Mm -hmm. and uh it's just we all like cops talk about them because it's the most selfish thing you can do right you can play basketball with kids you're giving back you can do anything with the community you know and just show people Don't that embarrass like, the uniform. Yeah. But dancing, you're not doing it. No one's benefiting but that cop that's dancing in front of a camera. Like there's no kid they're not even teaching kids how to dance. They're Robocop just- didn't put out a song about staying <laughs> off drugs. That's all I'm saying. He just shot a drug dealer in the face <laughs> in the dick. and then turned to the kids and said, Stay out of trouble. <laughs>